Hey guys, how's it going? Scott here again from scottsbasslessons.com and I'm here with episode 25 of the Scott's Bass Lessons podcast and today we have got the amazing Jerry Meehan with us. Now Jerry is a super experienced bass player on stage and in the studio as well. He actually runs his own studio. He's played bass for the likes of Robbie Williams. He was the bass player on The Voice. You know that TV show with the spinny round chairs where people get voted on or off. I think my wife watches it anyway and I do watch it sometimes. Um, Who's the bass player for The Voice right now? I can't remember who it is. Uh, but yeah, Jerry, Jerry was the bass player for The Voice when that first hit the screen over here in the UK. And he also runs his own studio as well called Wendy House Productions. I'll link to that in the show notes so you can check it out. Um, and within, you know, that studio's worked with artists such as Stevie Wonder, Kylie Minogue, Adele, Sam Smith, Ellie Goulding, Ed Sheeran, John Legend, Jesse J. I'm sure you get the idea. Um, so it's going to be a really, really great episode. This you're going to learn a lot of stuff. And um, Jerry has got a really interesting background as well. He actually went to music school uh, from a super, super young age and was a classical musician. And then really got into the uh, got into the bass and the the rock and roll as a uh, kind of later on in his career. So great story, and I'll let him tell you all about it in in this show. Now, first of all, I also want to give a shout out to everybody that's been in contact about iBase Magazine. If you didn't hear last week, iBase Magazine is now coming under the Scots Bass Lessons umbrella. It's coming into the family. Um, iBase Magazine is a killer online bass magazine. It's app-based, so you can get it on iPhone and Android and tablet and all those shenanigans, um, which is really fantastic, and I'm really excited about it because it really gives us, as publishers, the the opportunity to put video within the magazine and backing tracks, play-along tracks, all of these kind of things, and it really opens up all of those doors. So I'm really excited about it, and I'm really excited that it's coming under the Scots Bass Lessons umbrella now. It's coming into the family, and our even though you can get iBase magazine now, it will be officially coming from Scott's Bass Lessons from July. So July 1st will be our first iBase magazine issue, so look out for that coming. Um, who's on the cover, should I tell you? I'm not going to tell you, but I will give you a teaser that the, the cover story, the cover artist for that issue, his surname rhymes with Glee, like the TV show, right? So it, it rhymes with glee um yeah and and that's all i'm telling you for now so watch out for that coming and when we do launch the that first issue coming from scott space essence it will be you know i'm going to keep the name as iBase magazine um, because i don't want it to be just about base lessons i want to you know i want all the you know all the cool magazine content to stay intact we're just going to be putting additional lessons in there and things you know really some really cool features coming up um, but our that first episode will be coming July 1st from us and we will be doing a special deal for a limited amount of time um, for Academy members and members of the Scots Bass Lessons audience as well. So keep a lookout for that. You will not want to miss it. And also, I just want to give a huge shout out to everybody that's been uh, chiming in on Snapchat. You know, I'm on Snapchat now. I've been experimenting over with it over the last month or so. And we've been getting some crazy views on that. Essentially, it's just, you know, behind the scenes here in the studio and what I get up to on a day-to-day basis. 
uh, things I'm playing around with. So if you want to follow me on Snapchat, just search for SBL1000, and that's the name 1000. So SBL1000, and you'll find me in all my you know day-to-day shenanigans. Anyway, if you're listening to this on iTunes, I'm going to send you all my base love if you subscribe and leave a review, as that really, really helps spread the word about the Scots Bass Systems podcast. And I'm really, really striving to make this the best podcast I possibly can for you guys. So get on there, subscribe on iTunes, and leave a review. If you're listening to this anywhere else other than scotsbassessence.com, Make sure you shoot over to the website and check out the show notes for this episode. Put some great videos of Jerry up on there for you to check out, playing with Robbie Williams. And it basically saves you hunting around on YouTube. So if you want to check the show notes out, just go to scottsbasslessons.com forward slash episode 25. And that's the number 25. So scottsbasslessons.com forward slash episode 25. And if you're completely free to Scott's Bass Lessons, go to scottsbasslessons.com forward slash toolkit because I've put some great video resources for you to download on there completely for free. Buyer's guide, um, how to get great gigs. Um, There's a backing track library, a ton of cool shenanigans for you there. So go check that out at scottsbasslessons.com forward slash toolkit. And remember guys, if you're also an Academy member, you can watch the entire video version of this interview as well. If you And if you're not already an Academy member, go check it out at scottsbasslessons.com. In a nutshell, it's the best online learning platform for bass players in the world. The step-by-step courses, live seminars every week with some of the best bass educators on the planet, the largest online bass educational community in the world, and absolutely tons more, the whole nine yards. And we've got a completely free 14-day trial so you can take it for a test drive and just see if it's for you. Honestly, it will blow your mind. It'll rock your world. Now, without further ado, let's get into episode 25 with the awesome Jerry Meehan. Hey guys, how's it going? I'm here with the amazing Jerry Meehan. He's been (laughs) awesome enough to, you know, invite us into his world, which is uh, Wendy House Studios here in Shepherd's Bush, right? Yeah, Shepherd Bush. Welcome, I'm not yeah. from London. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> here in Camden. <laughs> no, it's here in uh, in Shepherd Bush. And what kind of artists come here? Because you obviously you told me, but tell the guys a range of artists. Yeah. From I mean, quite a lot of pop stuff gets done here, and quite a lot of producers rent rent Wendy House out. So a lot of uh, the people like Wayne Hector, and, uh, Wayne Wilkins, lots of guys, and uh, you know, a lot of the One Direction stuff was done here. Yeah. Um, some Adele stuff was done here with uh, Plan B stuff I mean all across the range but quite a lot of pop stuff yeah 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 there's three studios where you can sort of interlink them and they yeah so they have the whole place or there's three sessions going on yeah yeah. I have to say you're obviously a bass player right I forgot to say that oh Andy's a bass player player. yeah 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 Andy's a bass player yeah yeah but you actually you were saying about Cheatham's which is up in Manchester isn't it so Mm. that's like it's a specialist music school isn't it for young kids how did you end up going there I was a bassoonist, so I got a scholarship there. Yeah. So oh, how there. old were you? 13. So I got a scholarship on bassoon and piano. So I went there doing were your that. your parents you know? musicians as well? My mum's a musician, yeah, conductor oh, right. and an oboist. Yeah, and I studied conducting as well. So I did that up to 18, and then I went to Guildhall for a Classical year. Classical as well? Classical, yeah. But I'd always, I'd always played bass in Oh, so in like bass was always kind of sort of like yeah, lingering. Back, yeah, and the, yeah, lingering yeah, yeah, in the yeah, back yeah, corner, yeah. you know, the school rock concert. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. yeah. But then, yeah, I went to Guildhall and then answered an ad, actually, with Phil Mulford, who you, you just really? talked about. Yeah, yeah. Well, Phil, we both answered it, not together. <laughs> he didn't want two bass players, but it was literally an old school melody maker signed 
big acts once yeah. bass player with them rhythm section yeah and i think i, I went out for it and they sort of went, so i was sort of 18 you know school, nine, eight, well, the school jumper you know obviously i just went along and did the thing and i feel got the gig i think and then he couldn't do it or something and then i got it i was sort of second in line so yeah. you know i don't know phil from the and in the nigel days he gave me a break then <laughs> And, what, um, and were you down in London? Obviously down in London. I just, yeah, quite, just yeah. got down here, playing bassoon, living, you know, South London. So when and you then moved I left to London, Gildall, it was like... And it was mid-year, it was a mid-year yeah. mid gig. And I, oh, really? Uh, yeah. So I got that gig, and I was with him for five years. We stayed in Montserrat, did the last album in Air Studios, with, you know, George Marsden was there, assessing the damage to, the you know, the hurricane. It was wow. good. And what would, like, when you moved down to London, it was still classical that you were doing? Yeah. When did you sort of like? Was it always? Were you always kind of like? I struggled with my first year at Guildhall because I yeah. sort of kind of got an offer from an orchestra. Was on bassoon. Yeah. I'd, I'd done Young Musician of the Year. I was in the National Youth Orchestra and done a lot, a lot yeah. of bassoon stuff. And I was sort of like bored of it, you know. I wanted to play bass. So when that came along, it is a bit cool, I like, you know. Yeah, just pointing it, <laughs> you know, point it out. We can all yeah. be, you know, it's yeah, a bit yeah, cool, yeah, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's, there's actually a society for the stopping of what is it? Extinction of bassoonists. They're what? worried about Seriously? the yeah, they're, yeah. They're, they're worried about them never not the being enough learning it. <laughs> the bassoon dying to sustain, off. Yeah, to sustain the orchestra. Yeah. Wow. And was it a completely different world when you got into playing bass? Yeah, and no, because a yeah. lot of my mates like Max Beasy and Omar, I was at school with. Yeah. So we we're already in that world, but it was just a morphing into it and squeezing out musoness out of me into rock and roll. Yeah, because I've yeah, kind yeah. of done rock bands, you know, since well, rock pop stuff, you know, since then, really. Amazing. Yeah. How did the studio thing happen? When did you start getting into writing and producing? Were you I always have, writing? Yeah, and always. Yeah. In a way, you know, yeah. Ever since I was about twenty, I was with a mate called Willie Dowling, who was a singer and a great writer. Who was the band called The Grip and Honey Crack and lots of stuff. And he yeah. done lots of TV music. Great musician and great, you know. But he, you know, we he, he helped get me into songwriting, and we wrote a couple of songs and. Yeah. Misha Paris did one, and so I was always doing it, and always had a studio. So it's always gone hand in so hand. So even when you were in your early twenties, and you were like playing, because yeah, it was your early twenties when you started playing bass for. I started playing bass when I was fourteen. I guess. Yeah, yeah. But it was in my it was when you started um, yeah, it was the, at school the, in my terms. Yeah, but I wasn't yeah. really. Yeah, it wasn't really a you know. I said, who, yeah. who were you listening to? Like influences? Just uh, I guess the standard people at that time. Um, you know, from Jacko to Marcus Miller to, to, to Mark King in England, it was like level 42 was that yeah, my yeah. period. Yeah. And the weird thing about the weird little story, I told Mark, cause I met him for the first time properly the other day, we was gig bag company, we had a dinner and it was nice to meet him. But I said, well, there's a few funny stories, but I said, my first ever gig was he played on the Majora album. He's obviously free for a day. Yeah. Slap all over it. <laughs> and then, yeah, Midge, see, I'm off. Level 42 is number one all over the world. Yeah. But, and then, so I was left Midge, like, oh, this is the album. I need an alarm, the bass lanes. I was like, Ugh. and the first gig was with Level 42, with him watching at the side of the stage. Oh, so you had, to, I was like, 18, yeah, I you had fucking... to play his lines back at him. Yeah. 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 And that, yeah. No, it was, yeah. it was good. It was amazing. Good. Amazing. And like, sort of like when you, like, going from Majeur, was it, did that lead on to other gigs doing that gig? Was that your introduction that, into yeah, that? Yeah, I guess it was. I mean, we, we toured in America. We did, I did three albums with him. Yeah, yeah I sort of always say he's my, he was my rock daddy, you know, he turned me, you know, he, he you know. We, yeah. We drunk tequila on the bus and, and, uh, and watched Star Spinal Tap and, you know, it was good. It was great in, entry into it, you know, and he, he, he was a brilliant boss and, you know, some it's great, great, yeah, great yeah. stuff. Did, great you music. Do, did you do a lot of touring? Was that something that? Yeah, in you, <laughs> I've done you, a lot of touring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And did, like because obviously you're doing a lot of studio work as well. 
was that is a is there sometimes a battle between that? You know, no, having to choose. Not really. or is it well, for, not do you really just go for me. With what comes yeah, in? I don't think so, so much for a bass player. I mean, because as a bass player, you're I don't know, you're less. I mean, for me anyway, so you're sort of slightly less of a session musician than the drummer is, because. I mean, music's evolved. There's bass synth, and a lot of people now play a bit of bass. Sure, you know, sure, it's, yeah. It's less that kind of instrument. The guitarist is integral, isn't it? And you basically use it sort of integral to the band. Yeah. So it's an odd one, isn't it? I mean, yeah. So you you end up with work on projects with female sort of, sort of male lead singers. Yeah, I yeah, guess. Yeah. And you either stick with them or you don't, or you do a lot of session work, or you do a lot of TV work, or you do a lot of West End work, or a bit of a mixture. I've, I've done a bit of a mixture, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because at the same time, I was doing depths on Les Mis. Oh, so you, did, found, so you did the shows as well? You yeah, that, I did yeah. all that, yeah. And, uh, but I found that so easy because of the classical stuff. I'd sat in an orchestra for eight years playing the bassoon. So that was just like years. super at home. Like, people, yeah. yeah, I remember going down with Steve Pearce and Steve, you know, get me in on Les Mis and it was just, it was so second nature, the sort of Colavoce sort of rallying sort of yeah. to me, that stuff. Did you ever fancy getting into that world and doing the West End thing or not? Yeah, yeah, well... I did it. I mean, I did it for a good few years. For a few years, yeah. Yeah. And did you have the studio at that time as well, or not? Bits and bobs. I was always depping. I was always a dep sort of guy that came in and out. I, I didn't really do... I think I had one show called Children of Eden with Ralph Salmons. He did it on drums. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, short, it was a short-lived show. And yeah. Amazing. Yes. When did the Robbie thing happen? Robbie thing happened, uh, I think it was 04. I'd known Robbie for 20 years before that through Max Beasley. He's a mate of mine from school. Yeah. And we've, we've done film music together and we've made, you know, real, real close mates. And he introduced me to Rob and then I, I, I produced something with Max for, for a B side of Escapology. And Rob was, uh, you know, we, were the, we went to, I think we went to the Scissor Sisters gig and we were just getting on. He said, Oh, do you fancy doing the gig? You know, in the back, I was oh, in the yeah, back of the said, car. Oh, no, yeah, you're back in the car. Weren't you he never yeah, heard yeah. me play. I said, Yeah, all right, yeah, <laughs> great. <laughs> was he huge at that point? Yeah, he just yeah. done Nebworth. Right, yeah, okay. so and was I was it, over there to co-produce a B-side. Yeah. I mean, but we were just having a laugh, playing football, going out. We were just having a real we funny, you know. It's a yeah. good laugh. And I wasn't trying to get the gig. I didn't expect the gig, you know. But he just said in the back of the car, so I said, "Yeah, all right." And it's been kind of like our relationship has seemed for me has been like that all along. It's like it's been kind of spinal tappy, very relaxed. Never felt nervous yeah, on yeah, stage yeah, yeah. because he makes you feel a part of it. And it was, was it just He straight? demands that out of his band. He demands he, yeah. a character. He did, yeah, but in his eyes, it's no, there's no kind of pissing about or sort of pretending to do stuff. It's, yeah, yeah, know, yeah, yeah, full yeah, on. Yeah, 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 yeah. And like, was it straight into the stadium stuff? Yeah, it? 206 yeah. stadium tour. Yeah, which is a hard year for, for Rob. It's a hard tour for him. It was a long tour. But it was, uh, yeah, I enjoyed it. it was How great. long was it? It was, I think it was, it was 72 gigs, 72 stadiums. Right, okay, yeah, yeah. With four, four... Well, and he's full four, on, like, four, four, if, you, if anybody hasn't seen him, because obviously, like, a huge yeah, part yeah. of the audience is American as well, like, he's full on on stage, isn't he? he yeah, Americans won't know him, but, yeah, he watch, watch Live at Leeds or, or Nebworth, yeah. 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 Actually, my mate saw him at Leeds. Mm. He said he's one of the best gigs I've ever seen. Super jazz head as well, not into pop at all. No, it's he a said, good gig, yeah. Best gig I've ever seen, yeah, amazing. What was your rig that you were playing with on that tour? Was it the P bass and yeah, that's the P bass sixty two mainly. I'll just, I've got a few. I'll just show everybody this. It's I've got a few, but that's me. That's me main one. Yeah, uh, it's been gigged a little bit, you know. Yeah, bit of wear on the uh, <laughs> the old finish. Yeah, no, it's be- it's beautiful, and then you know thick strings, big old sound. I think yeah, Ashdown uh, look after me. It's a big Ashdown rig, and I've got a vintage sort of pedal board with a switcher system made by who? The blue ones. The all those midis. Gig rig. Gig rig, yeah. Gig rig, I mean, which is yeah, fantastic. Yeah. And also on the tour, we had to go out 100 feet on this head on fire, spitting at the audience, you know. On, this was a stage with a sort of 
track on it. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. it was wireless, and then effects had to be triggered MIDI from my tech at the back. You know, so, oh, he, so was, he was doing all. He the, was doing the, eff- the effects. Tap dancing, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, which is well, you know, and you come back and you do it because it was yeah. a bit late. No, it works great. That. And what the, kind and of effects do you have to use for a gig like that? I've got, I've got three. I've got two sans amps, old and new. I've got a rat bass. I've got a flanger. I've got one delay. I've got Mooga Fuga. I've got a wire pedal. <clears throat> I got the uh, Akai synth bass. Oh, Deep Impact. Yeah, no, it's called yeah, yeah, it's Deep Mega Impact. For yeah, yeah, things, yeah. You know, um, Octava. Mostly th- we know and is it quite is... full on? Is it every- has everything got something going on? Yeah, it? subtle. I mean, my main sound with that live is with that's my, my old sounds out the old switchable one, which just has this crunch and edgy, rocky sound. It works yeah. well with the Ashdown stuff. <clears throat> or flat, I mean, but not, I, you know, really thin it out so there's not too much. But, I, you know, a gig like that, you know, yeah. a rock DJ with the Octava in or a bit of the synth, but, you know, just that's, yeah, it sounds mega. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell the guys about the upright thing because you were just telling me about it earlier. And yeah, it was well, amazing. I mean, well, yeah, it's, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, it was kind of a nice situation. But I was, I was with Rob and he said, it was 2011, we just finished the tour, I was gathering next year, it was going to be a swing year, you know, Rob was yeah. coming back doing the swing album with Guy. He goes, yeah, Jay, you, you play double bass, don't you? you got, yeah, he said, yeah. <laughs> never played in my life. I had utmost respect for double bass, utmost respect, never played, knew how hard it was going to be. Yeah. And then realised I had six weeks to learn the thing, and the first gig was at the Palladium, live on DVD, live on BBC and everything. First ever gig on My double bass. My missus have got that DVD. Really? Hey, I've watched it live. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I watched it once and thought, got away with that. But yeah, no, yeah. I, I got I, a double carpal tunnel since then because I did about eight hours a day practice to get to, you know. To get to that. So you had six weeks and, to actually get, yeah, yeah. get your chops together. Yeah. Like, I what, never played one note on the double bass, I promise you, not one note. And what were you doing? Like, what are you practicing <laughs> to get it together? Walking Simandle, lines? Simandle, or, yeah. Oh, really? Simandle, so like you were getting the classical line there, yeah. Yeah, I was, I was trying to just go back really basically and just focus really just on the sound and just on the intonation and with my mate Kristen Capence who's been a mate since we were 11 yeah weirdly and suddenly we're on Skype together and he's a mega he plays with Till Brunner and top producer top respect you know lovely great musician and he's you know so he gave me three hours Skype lessons you know Really, really yeah. helped. But well, I mean, in the middle of it, the Samandel thing, middle yeah, of it, I nearly yeah. rang Rob and said, "I was going to say, mate, I think you better, you know." And then they found out I had to couple tunnel before the tour, so they were. Oh, all really? Nervous, so yeah. you did that gig, and that was before the. Had an operation tour. six weeks after that had been cut open. Yeah. Then went and did the tour. <laughs> really? Still with a bandage, yeah. But um, you know, did you only have, the right hand? Did you have both at the same time? No, no. Thank so, yeah, 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 yeah. That could have been embarrassing. Yeah. yeah. So, wow. And what would you? What did you? What is it? What do you feel like, carpal tunnel? Well, it's it's, it's carpal like num- ligament is, is there. Yeah. And it traps your ulnar nerve or and the other nerve, and so basically you can't feel your hand. So you you just just you can't. So your hand just going completely numb when you're yeah, playing. That yeah, one. yeah, yeah, especially yeah. that one. You just stop feeling it. So you just you are <laughs> nightmare. Yeah. But yeah. certainly they just cut it. It's quite simple. It's a twenty-minute operation. It looks worse than it is, but it's great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They're all right they're now, all yeah. working on the digital yeah. working. Yeah. And do you still play upright now? Are you yeah, into it? Yeah, yeah. I love it. Because you said this I've only. How, how long about, is this ago? No, uh, the swing tour. When was the swing tour? So we just finished. That was, was two six fifth two twenty fourteen. So but then I had a whole year to, yeah. to, to tour. Yeah. With a double bass playing eighteen numbers, and it was always at first. It was like, oh, is this on double bass as well, Steve? It's Steve Sidwell was MDing. 
goes, yeah, Jerry. <laughs> it sounds good on the electric. <laughs> but it, I, it got to a point where, you know, I'm great. You know, yeah. I need you into that. it now, yeah. I love it. I love it. You know, I love it so much. But, you know. Was it weird, like, learning an instrument sort of like that? You it know? was like, I, it, it was good for me. It yeah, was weird. Yeah. It was everything. But I had to do it, and I, I, it was good for me. I needed something new. Got actually. you back into the studio and stuff like that, yeah. Yeah, it took me back to when I was a classical training and, you know, and, and, and ec- economical practice. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, really cutting down to... The basics. And did you change what and, you were listening to as well? Without wasting your time, I couldn't waste any of those hours. I couldn't yeah, go yeah, yeah. frustrated and weird. And I just fuck, you know. So it was a real, you know. Yeah, yeah. And did he get you listening to like other stuff? Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. Christian would say me over Ray Brown stuff and the stuff I'd heard before and had books because I was did more jazz when I was younger at Guildhall and with you know with Duncan McCarr and Mike Walker. I was a little band. I'd done, I'd done quite a lot of it, but I was never a jazzer. I got out of it yeah, pretty quickly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And I always enjoyed it and going to see me mates play, but I never felt like a... But it was just a full-on big band gig. So I had it in my blood, but I just needed to sort of... Yeah, know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, he's worked... Like, Jamie's worked with a ton of other guys, you know. I've got just down here, like, people like Annie Lennox, and you were saying about working with mm-hmm. Annie Lennox before, mm-hmm. and Beth Orton, and Will Young, Boys on Stevie Wonder, you know. Mm-hmm. Like Stevie went in the old studio here, because Omar's a good mate of mine, and they're friends, and Stevie came down. He said, like, he's just got his... his um, is uh, Ivan Novello Lifetime Achievement. It's yeah. coming down, you record. And me and Max and Nickel, we were doing this Reoffenders album, which we're going to do at Ronnie's hopefully this year. But Steve, it was like this, this he wanted the studio set up, you know, in the visions. He wanted a rose, he wanted a yeah. mat, he wanted an old school kit. And then we had it, it was just sounding great. And we, we thought, he's not coming down. And me and Stuart Zender were sitting there waiting and then the Carleen Anderson and it's like, oh, Omar was that. Those are musicians are down there. How come they were all down, down there? Well, because they were kind of mates of Omar and everyone's just sort of, you know, hanging out for some. Stuart was going to play, you see, and he yeah. did play for a bit. Then he had to go, and then I ended up playing. But he came came at four in the morning, both mornings, and stayed till midday. Well, Stevie did. Yeah. He wow. did. Yeah, because he didn't care, really. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, he could come when he could want Yeah, and he's just yeah. on the phone and just playing. It's just, it was great, you know, really good. Amazing. And we did a track, Omar, it's called, what's it, Feeling You, the track on Omar, and eventually sung it. Yeah. I'll show you after it's eight minute we'll live take with him singing any old thing which fucking yeah great really really cracking yeah, yeah 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 is this kind of where you live your daytimes is it sort sometimes, of like sometimes yeah, yeah, yeah I've got a studio in at home here, yeah. and, and you know in which I don't live in London but um yeah and it's Sarah runs this and does it and I kind of I kind of prefer working at home really because this Do is you, a kind yeah. of business and other people are in here and I sort of yeah so I'm producing at the moment an Albanian song oh yeah, yeah song yeah, you Eurovision before, yeah yeah Eurovision entry for Albania. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah. How do, where does your sort of like in terms of studio work and stuff like that? Like where does the how does it work like for, for you know for the guys watching? Is it a word of mouth thing or yeah, totally for me. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Yanto put me forward. Ian Thomas, who's a good friend and you know one of the world's best Great drummers. Drummer, yeah. And Carl or vice versa. People put themselves up. You know, you, you put you up for stuff or whatever. Or I did Roxy Music. I was the yeah, last place yeah, player for yeah. Roxy, and I did Brian Frey for a while. And people, you know, you, you know, you, there's no. There used to be agencies when I first got into it, late eighties, nineties, and they don't seem to be around anymore. Oh, oh yeah, the agencies that yeah, were kind of made sort of in like, plastic and Session Connection. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, never, Session Connection. I think it was. Yeah, I can remember mm. them. Are they around anymore? Or not? I don't think so. I don't know. I don't know. They, they are. are. Before we wrap up, I just wanted, like, if you reflect back at your career until mm. now, what's the? If you want, had to put it down to one attribute. That served you really well. Can be anything, like being a laugh. Being a you know, whatever. <laughs> just one. Just one attribute. Oh. What would you say it would be? Ah, oh, and there isn't just one. Definitely. I'll give you. I'll give you three. <laughs> well, get, you know, playing with Robbie Williams because yeah. he he makes you know 
you know, he makes us, you know, ha- the, the, the fun we have is, you know, really great. Yeah. And we take, it, we take it very seriously, the fun we have on stage. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. It's, it's, that's great. Playing with Stevie Wonder in the studio, that, that was life-changing for me, obviously, just as a, from a musical point of view. And cooking, c- cooking Thanksgiving dinner for Diana Ross. You cooked? Yeah. Really? <laughs> yeah, Serious? I was working with Leona Ness. Yeah, yeah, I've got to about this. Arnie Ness's daughter, and she, she, she's a great singer. I don't, she's in New York now, but she, she was uh, Diana Ross's step, stepdaughter because they were married. And, and, yeah. And, 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 so we're on tour. Her bass player's dad died, and she phoned me, can you get the next plane out? I did the album. We're on tour with the Bare Naked Ladies Stadium tour. Next plane, learning the tunes. Straight into the gig. Anyway, got to Connecticut. Oh, Diana's coming. So Diana comes down. What are you doing, Diana? You got Thanksgiving. The cooks are away. The kids would love to see you. You know all this. Yeah. Oh, she's Welsh. But, uh, <laughs> she, uh, they, they, so it's like, no. Will you and Jerry come over? The, all the rest of the musicians were Americans and went home. Yeah. So with the tour bus eight in the morning, Diana negligee back in the tour bus in. Like this is going to be fun. I'm <laughs> spent all day there, and you know it's absolutely hilarious. <laughs> and ended up cooking for them. Well, yeah, they knew. Uh, you know, so they cooked through away, and I'm I'm a bit. You know, I'm into me cooking. He's a foodie. <laughs> there was a lot of food conversations going on before, and I have got no idea. I struggle to bloomin' cook. You know, hot well, dog I sausages. I went down to see. I want to see mates of mine. Uh, uh, Temperance Movement play last night, which are brilliant with Graham Garrett, who's a, who's a, who's a one Michelin star chef, yeah. and was a, a drummer in the '80s in the Lars and the Dumblons, and so we're mates and. Yeah, so it's and you're about good. to go. I've got to get this in as well because I'm just like super into it. I'm just super into the story. You're going to work in his place, aren't you? And do a bit of studying in his actual. Yeah, I'm just. I said, yeah, like, I've, been actual, I've been pestering him. I've been pestering for months about it, and we we do a lot of those things. Yeah, I'm just going to go and I'm just going to go and be a commie chef for free, and he can kick me out if he wants. But yeah. I just want the experience. I just wanted know? to tell people about it because obviously, like everybody watching this is like you know they're into bass and they're learning bass and. And I just think it's just great that you were like, yeah, I just want to get better. I'm throwing myself in the deep end. I'm going to go, you know, work for it for free, you know. But, oh, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's a mate. He's round the corner and I'll get loads of stuff that I want to know and I'll help him out. I, yeah, won't, be, yeah, I, won't, yeah. I won't go in there and take the piss, you know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Jerry, you've been an absolute star. Okay, if man. people want to find you, where can they go online? Uh, you got a website? Um <laughs> no, I mean, there's the Wendy House website. Yeah, Wendy House website, get, yeah, yeah. Get, yeah. WendyHouseProductions.com, and I think there's a JerryMeanFans. Some yeah, Twitter, yeah, yeah. Some, somebody put out there. I'll do it. I'll, well, what I'll do, uh, guys, if, know, you, yeah. Yeah, if you're watching this, I'll put all the links to uh, to Jerry in the uh, in the show notes so you can find him and, and check out the studios. I think there's pictures on the, yeah, yeah, the, Wendy uh, the website. website yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So check out all the pictures for the artists that have been working here, and it's super cool. Absolute star, mate. Thanks so much. Cheers. Cool, yeah. See you later, guys. Bye. See ya. Okay, guys, hope you enjoyed that interview with Jerry. Huge shout out to Jerry as well for just, you know, inviting us into into his world and letting us hang out at Wendy House Productions. If you want to check out the links or any of the videos I've put up, you can just go and check out the show notes over at scottsbasslessons.com forward slash episode 25. That's the number 25. So that's scottsbasslessons.com forward slash episode 25. That's the links to his videos that I've put up for you and some to, uh, some links to his website as well. And remember, guys, if you're an Academy member, you can go and watch the entire video version of that interview as well. And if you're not already an Academy member, go over and check it out at scottsbasslessons.com. In a nutshell, it's the best online learning platform for bass players in the world. Step-by-step courses, live seminars every week, and the largest online bass educational community in the world, and tons more. We've got a completely free 14-day free trial for you, so you can take it for a test drive completely for free and see if it's for you. 
Now, before I go, I've got an amazing guest coming next week for episode 26 of the podcast. We have got the one and only Mr. Paul Turner. Now, I'm sure most of you will have heard of Paul. He's obviously played for Annie Lennox and Will, Will Young and guys like that. But obviously, he's the guy, he's the bass player from the one and only Jamiroquai. Woo! <laughs> so we've had a heap of requests for Paul. And Paul was kind enough to come and hang out with us down in London at the uh, the London Bass Show and we, uh, we we caught an interview with him. It's a really, really fantastic interview. So I'll leave you with that, guys. Episode 26 is coming next week with the fantastic Paul Turner. As always, take it easy and I'll see you in the shed. Mm-hmm.